This is episode number 10 of the High Impact Leaders Podcast, your shortcut to personal growth and career success. Welcome to episode number 10 of High Impact Leaders. I'm Doug Stannard, CEO of the Leaders Institute, and this is the podcast that helps people just like you acquire leadership and management skills to improve your careers and facilitate dynamic growth in your business. This is episode number 10, and a few weeks back, we covered seven ways to build trust and communicate better, and then a couple of weeks after that, we we covered seven ways to reduce conflict. Um, this week, we're going to continue that series and cover seven ways to gain enthusiasm to cooperation from others without raising resentment. So if you remember back to the first episode, what what I talked about was that these are principles that create new habits in the way that we deal with people. And if you focus on a single principle every single day, then you'll start to create those new habits. So if you're following along with us, then in week one, you would have done the seven ways to uh, build trust and rapport and communicate more effectively. And then in week two, you'd be working on the conflict resolution principles. This week, we're going to talk about how to gain enthusiastic cooperation. Before we get started, though, uh, just as a reminder, the, the podcast is brought to you by the Leaders Institute. So if you miss any of the the data or the content and you want to you want to get a recap, you can always go to www.leadersinstitute.com, hit the magnifying glass in the header and open up a search bar. Just type in the podcast name and then the search console will, will take you to the specific podcast notes for that episode. And I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, First mentioned about the High Impact Leaders Boot Camp that we're going to have uh, last week. I mentioned that the next one is going to occur on July 13th and 14th, 2020. Uh, so if you're flying into the to um, to take the program, uh, you, you, it's really close to DFW Airport, so um, it's very easy to to travel into if you're from somewhere other than the Dallas Fort Worth area. And um, we're limiting this. I mentioned last week that we we're going to limit it to the first 40 people. Actually, we have uh, changed the location on this particular boot camp uh, just because it's in July. So we're going to limit this one to just 12 people. So this will be a much smaller class. It's going to be more geared toward um, almost one on one coaching, really, for the folks that attend it. But it's a great way for to help attendees become more polished and professional speakers be more poised and persuasive leaders and managers. And we also cover ways to to become the center of influence at and in within your specific industry. So um, if you want to um, to be that that go to expert in your industry, just go to leadersinstitute.com slash leadership dash course for details. All right. So let's get on with today's podcast. Uh, the topic today is seven ways to ga- gain enthusiastic cooperation from other people. Now, before I get into the seven principles, let me give you a little bit of an overview, because um, a lot of times if we want to motivate people, there are some some principles or some things that if you understand these, then the the seven tips that I give you will actually work a whole lot better. So the very first thing that you want to keep in mind is that solid trust must be established before we can motivate anybody. <laughs> so you're not going to motivate anybody if they don't like you, if they don't trust you. That's why we focused on the seven principles to build trust and rapport that first week. 
And then also if we're in a conflict with somebody, these principles aren't going to work very well. So the seven conflict resolution principles need to be practiced over a period of time in order to, to make the set of principles that we're focusing on today work. Um, the other thing is about just motivation. People are motivated by different things in different situations of their life based upon their comfort level. And we're going to talk about that really quickly. We're going to talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If you've ever studied that, it's a fascinating study even today. I mean, that was written, I don't know, a hundred plus years or so ago, uh, but it, it's still very um, accurate and, and can be, um, it's, it's a, it's a easy way that if you understand what he's talking, what Maslow was talking about, uh, it's an easy way to kind of understand why some people are motivated by certain things and, and, those those certain uh, techniques don't work on other people. So we'll talk about that really, really quickly in a couple seconds. And then the last thing that is kind of confusing to a lot of people is that money rarely motivates anybody to do anything. People who seem to be motivated by money are often motivated by the recognition that that money brings, which is a totally different thing. It's, I mean, you do have to have money to live, but the, but just working to get a bigger paycheck typically isn't nearly as motivational as, um, the motivation that that, or the thing that that money is going to get, that recognition that that, that additional money is going to get the person that is really working hard. So let's kind of really quickly talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And if you if you go to the show notes, you you can see the uh, the chart that Maslow kind of created. It's it looks kind of like just I'll describe it to you. It looks kind of like a triangle, and the bottom level is the lar- is the base of it, and it's on safety. Uh, the second level is security. The third level is acceptance. The fourth level is esteem, and the last level, the very tip top, the smallest part of the triangle, is actualization. So basically what Maslow was saying was that um, when when somebody is when we're trying to motivate somebody, we have to understand what level that they're at within that that hierarchy, because if somebody is in the safety, if somebody is fearful of their safety, if they if they're if they don't work in a safe environment or if they um, or, or have a have a, a personal life that where safety is an issue. It's really hard to motivate them to upsell <laughs> a, a product or a service. So it's it's one of those things that when when safety is an issue, that's all that the person is going to think about is his or her safety. Now, once safety is there, once you know, once we have that that safety, we're, we we have food, we have shelter, that kind of thing. Then we're looking more for security. We're looking for um, not not just the security right now, but my security in the future as well. So most people who are working um, jobs for for employment, um, they if they have a steady paycheck coming in and if they have a, a fairly secure home life, then a lot of times the safety and security part of the, the hierarchy is is kind of taken care of for the most part, depending on if they're getting paid well and that kind of thing. And so what a lot of times what they're looking for is is acceptance. For most of us, when we're trying to motivate people, if we can... Um, show the people that work for us and work with us that we that we accept what they're doing, that we appreciate what they're doing, then they're going to have more morale, higher morale. Um, And then once they get that acceptance, then the next the next level is esteem. They want to be esteemed by their peers. They want to be esteemed by the people around them. And then the final thing is the actualization, the self actualization, the self actualization. That's where um, 
where um, it's there, it's a higher level. You know, there there are altruistic feelings there. So it, it means that hey, I've I've I am now it, people that that uh, work around me and work for me and work with me. They see that I'm the expert. They see that I'm important to the to the the process. And so hey, let's give back to our community and that kind of thing. So it's really hard to kind of think about the the needs of. Um, somebody who's in poverty or something like that, if we are fearful of our own safety and, and we don't feel secure in our own position. So to get to that self-actualization level, you have to have a higher level. Uh, your, your needs have to be at a much higher level. So if you kind of understand where the people around you are on that hierarchy when you're trying to motivate them, it will help you kind of pick the things that you can offer them that will get them what they need. And that's really what what this this whole process is really designed for. So we're going to make the assumption that the people who we're trying to motivate already have the safety and security thing kind of taken care of. You know, they, they have a, a nice house, they're paying their bills, maybe they're getting in over their head in debt, but, you know, we can't really do a whole lot about that. But they're they have that security. They have that that safety net to where um, they they don't feel fearful fearful for their life or fearful that they're not going to have food on the table for when, when their kids come home or anything like that. So we're we're going to assume that the people that we're motivating are in that particular role. So these seven things are ways that can help you make the people around you or get the other people that you're trying to get gain cooperation from, um, get them to fill those, those next two levels of, of security in the hierarchy to, to, um, get the acceptance, not only of you, but of their team members and also to be esteemed by the people that they, they work for. So let's kind of go through the seven principles, the seven things that will, that will help these folks kind of get to that level. First principle is that you want to acknowledge the importance of other people and that, that, Kind of, this is kind of the all-encompassing principle, meaning that if you're doing this one, if you're if you're showing the people around you how much you appreciate them, then you're most likely going to be doing the other six, or at least some of the other six. And if you're doing the other six that we cover, then this one's going to be automatic. So this is kind of the all-encompassing one. But the main thing that we're talking about here is that a lot of times when people get into a leadership position, or they're in a a coaching position, or a mentor position, or or, or some kind of role like that, they they will they will tend to kind of get high and mighty and try to think of themselves as being you know holier than thou and make the other person feel inferior. And when that happens, you're gonna you're gonna fall out of rapport with that person. The trust level is gonna diminish, and you're it's gonna be very difficult to gain cooperation from them. So. So the the first principle in this series is you want to acknowledge the importance of of other people. The second one is you want to show energy and enthusiasm. That's really important because if you want people to do things for you, if if you don't seem enthusiastic about that thing that you want them to do, then they're not they're going to be less enthusiastic about it than you are. So you got to be very careful about that. Um, the example I use is a lot of times when I'm teaching classes, I'll say something like, hey, let's say that you're leading a new project and you you call a meeting, and you go. Okay, guys, um, got another one of those uh, real booger of a projects that's coming up. Give me a lot of extra time and probably overtime and staying late and, you know, being away from your family and stuff like that. And 
probably not a whole lot of appreciation for this as well. You know, it's one of those things that you, you're going to do and really not get a whole lot of recognition for it. And uh, man, but I need some volunteers. Who wants to do it with me, right? So it's going to be very difficult to get your team to cooperate with you to it's going to be very difficult to win them to your way of thinking if you're not overly enthusiastic about that thing that you're trying to get them to do so so that one's really important um the the third principle is that you want to uh, to encourage and facilitate two-way conversations a lot of times when we get to be in leadership positions or management positions or maybe we're an entrepreneur and we hire our first couple of folks that are working for us uh, we we think that when somebody comes with it comes to us with a problem that we automatically have to be the problem solver got to jump in kind of solve that problem when in reality a lot of times when folks are coming to us they already have an idea of what they need to do or what they think that they should do and a lot of times if you just kind of pause and instead of jumping right in and and give them advice encourage that two-way conversation to say hey well Based on your experience, what do you think we should do? And a lot of times they'll come up with better ideas than what you had in mind anyway, uh, because they're the ones that are working on the front line. They're 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 the point of contact a lot of times with where this um, this solution is going to take place. So encourage and facilitate two way conversations. The next one is to ask other people's opinions. Now, this is one of those things that um, kind of goes along with the previous one. You know, we're open up that that dialogue between our, ourselves and the people that are working for us. And so that that's where the two way conversations come from. It's not just one way me telling people what I want them to do. I'm getting input from them. And a lot of times um, the first step is to ask their opinion, ask what they what they want. Um, I'll give you a good example of this. When I first started doing leadership training, um, a lot of my clients early on were in commercial construction, meaning that they were building big skyscrapers and stuff like that. At the time, it was a big boom. It was the early 2000s, big building boom all over the U.S., but especially here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area where I started out. And there was a, a labor shortage. So a lot of the the um, the folks who were project managers on some of these big projects, some of them were, were brand new engineers that had just graduated from from college and they were being put in charge of projects just because they were the only one there. I mean, there was so many buildings being built that 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 these young people were in leadership positions at a very early age. Well, they had people working for them. A lot of times the superintendents, the foremen, sometimes those those guys that were out and that were out on their crews might have been working in that same industry for 15 years, 20 years, 30 years longer than the brand new engineers that was the engineer that was wet behind the ears. And so one of the things that I used to encourage them to do is when you have a problem, don't jump into the solution that they taught you in school. It's a good idea to go to that superintendent, go to that foreman and say, hey, um, what do you think we you've probably seen this before? What do you think we should do here? And a lot of times if you get their opinion, it will help save a lot of challenges and, and keep you from making a lot of mistakes. And we can do that in all of just about any industry. A lot of times the folks who are, are on the front line are going to have better information than what we have when we're trying to make decisions. And so asking other people's opinions can be very helpful in, in helping you get to a really good solution to some of these problems. Um, the another one and another tip that you can use or another principle that you can use is to ask questions instead of giving orders to people. Um, it, 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 I, I like to use my kids as an example here because a lot of times 
you know, my kids are, are both teenagers now. And in the early days, you know, when they were, you know, five, six years old, I could say, hey, clean up your room. And they would clean up their room, you know, obvi- uh, hesitantly, but they would they would kind of do it. Once they got into their teen year, teenagers, my, my son is now um, 13. So he's just now hit the, the teenage mark. And and up until that teenage mark, it's pretty easy to gain cooperation from him. Now, all of a sudden, you have to be a little bit more persuasive. And so I find that I get better results if I ask him to do something than if I tell him. If I tell him, all of a sudden, he, his, his um, defense mechanism kind of pops up. And, and, uh, and, and now, all of a sudden, he's a little bit more argumentative. But if I ask him, a lot of times he will be willing. He's more willing to kind of do it. And and basically the folks that work around us, work for us, work with us, they they're kind of the same way. If you ask them to do something, they're much more much more likely to actually do it than if you than if you tell them. Um, and then once somebody does cooperate with you, a good principle to use is you want to show sincere gratitude. So you want to show appreciation to that person once that person has given you that cooperation. And if you do, you're more likely to get better cooperation in the, in the future. Uh, so basically we're not taking advantage of folks, right? So, so if, if we're, if we go out and we're using these principles on people, we're making them feel important. We're asking their opinions. They're actually making behavior change as a result of maybe some suggestions that we're making. And then they do cooperate with us, then show them that sincere appreciation, show them that gratitude, and they'll be more likely now to help us in the future. We're, we're staying in rapport with that person. So we're, we're still abiding by those first seven principles that we covered a few weeks ago. So stay in rapport with the person, show appreciation. It's amazing how it's funny. When I first started doing leadership training, one of the things that I used to do, and I, I probably should do this again because it was it was a remarkable session in, in the classes that I used to teach. Um, we used to um, have thank you cards. We just bring thank you cards into the room. And at one, we'd spend like five minutes in one of the sessions and just say, hey, you know what? Somebody that's done something for you in the last, you know, like six months that you that it was something really nice that they did for you. And you really never showed them the proper gratitude. Just write them a thank you card. And and we'd get the next week when we'd come back from the lead, to the next leadership session. It was amazing how often we got these fantastic stories about what happened when the person who received that card actually got it because nobody does that anymore. Nobody actually sends thank you cards. So nobody actually takes the time out of their busy day to show gratitude anymore. So if you are the people who are doing that, you're going to be seen by others as being a a pretty good leader as opposed to the ones that aren't doing that. Now, the last one is one that we're going to spend a little bit more time on in one of the future sessions. It's you want to give people a strength centered compliment. And the reason why we're going to spend a little bit more time on this is because it's 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 one of those things is it's very difficult to do if you haven't been trained to do this. It's one of those things that it can be uncomfortable if you're if you're not used to giving compliments to people and in today's world that's like everybody uh but the the most important thing about it is that it is one of those character it's one of those skills that is so needed in today's world especially today's business world and if you are a leader who is anchoring positive behavior in your people when you catch them doing something right and you're complimenting them on that you're the kind of leader that everybody wants to work for you're the kind of person that everybody wants to be a part of their that person's team and and it's really missing in today's world we're busy we're there's so much going on um the other thing is that 
in, in today's business world, we live in a very litigious society. And a lot of times um, we we're kind of gun shy. We don't want to compliment people anymore because we're afraid they're going to take it the wrong way. And so, in like I said, in, in one of these future sessions, I'm going to kind of give you a, a few things that you can do to compliment people where it's it's impossible for it to be taken the wrong way. They will actually like you more. They're going to respect you more. And you're going to be that that person that people really want want to work for and work with. So anyway, so stay tuned to the future sessions for that. If you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, make sure and, and hit the subscription or subscribe to the, the podcast. That way you get that that particular episode as well as all the other episodes that we're going to be doing in the, in the future. And we'll see you next week on the High Impact Leaders podcast. Mm-hmm.